0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of The Other Identity. I am your main host, Robbie Landis, of course, the great Landis. Main host? What?
1: I felt very very aggressive. Very aggressive. (laughs) You
0: didn't let me get to you, but of, of course, along with me, as always, is the other main host. Yes. Morris, How can you have two main hosts
1: them. if there's only 2 both of, the main hosts. If there's only two of us. Why do we need to distinguish? We're just the hosts. That's,
0: that's still we're, we're still the main ones. Don't overthink so. it. Look, I think maybe you need to not be so insecure. Maybe about maybe things. you're
1: right.
0: <laughs> but along with us today, if you recognize that third laugh, we have a very special guest, and I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. The Bud Man. Is it okay to
2: call you the Bud Man? Yeah, the, I'm cool with the Bud Man. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so uh, I mean, every time we bring someone into the other identity family, we like to give them, you know, an alter ego, a name, because one day I will—it's the last thing I do—make an other identity comic. Oh. Everyone has to have their their place within it. So, uh, Jay, do you want to maybe give everyone a little rundown, you know, a little bit of background, what it is you do, you know, maybe, uh, how you kind of got started with comics yourself?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I, uh, I I'm uh, the co-host on Big Mom and the Wild Bunch out here in uh, in Fort Myers in Florida. And uh, yeah, I've, I've been a comic book fan since I've been a, a you know a little kid. Uh, my dad kind of raised me with comic books, and uh, you know I've carried it over into uh, adulthood. I even have a daughter who I named Kara Zor after. Yes, so.
1: <laughs> yes, that's great. Oh my! It's always been a
2: that's been the lifelong dream fulfilled right there. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you're doing it right. Jay, how how was
0: it uh, selling your uh, your wife on that one?
2: You know, when we first started dating, I told her, I go, "Hey, just so you know, if we ever get married, and we have a child. It's going to be a girl, and her name is going to be Cara Zorel." There's Man, no... she was the
1: one. If she if she yeah. that, if that wasn't a deal breaker on night one, then you have found yourself a keeper, my friend. <laughs> hey, I'm curious, Jay. You said you grew up reading comics. What era of comics did you grow up in?
2: Um, I mean, I, I'm a child of the 80s, right. um, you know, so uh, but, you know, my favorite thing, believe it or not, was was Silver Age comic books. My okay. dad, my dad told me this story when I was a kid that about how his dad, he collected comic books and and how he had every first issue of Marvel and. And uh, his dad actually threw away all of his comic books. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Threw them away, gave them away to neighbor kids when he wasn't around. And uh, he was, you know, he was always destroyed by that. And so when I, he would take me to a comic book store when I was a kid, I would try to, you know, buy his collection back with money. So so I would get through the, the, you know, the the 50 cent box back in the day. And and so, yeah, I mean, I, I still go into when I go into comic book stores now, I still go into the back issues and I'll, pluck out as many silver age as i can you know that's cool
1: man so you have an affinity for the silver age uh even today you don't find it like dated or anything like that oh
2: i i love it man i think the cheesier and the goofier the better i I love that kind of stuff
1: (laughs) don't 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 have a conversation with robbie about it but you should be you're, you're you're all good awesome
0: yeah, so um obviously uh Superman is one of your favorites, right? So what is it about Superman specifically because because Ben here's a big Superman fan as well. You man. always Once paint recently. me
1: as that. I'm not a huge Superman fan. I'm just more of a <laughs> Superman fan than you are, which that automatically makes me laugh. but yes, I think wow. Superman is a great character. Obviously, he is the most known superhero. So, Jake, what what about Superman? It feels to
2: you? you know Superman to me is uh, I mean he's just like he's the big blue boy scout. You know, what yep. I mean he's uh, no you know, he's it. the Jesus of superheroes. Whoa, I mean right. he uh, he uh, I mean really he is. I mean if you look at his whole True. origin story and stuff like that, I mean. Uh, there's a lot of parallels there, but uh, I mean, Superman to me, I guess. I don't know. I I don't think I was ever the same when I saw uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman as a child. Absolutely. Like, dude. wow. And I would have dreams that I was Superman. And and uh, yeah, I just I just never stopped loving Superman. There's just it's, something about that.
1: I know there's a lot of spot on casting today in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've talked on the show about chris evans and how perfect he is as captain america but right. i don't think there's any actor in the history of comic media translation who embodied the character as perfectly as christopher reeve did with superman
2: oh you're right about that spot on i mean i don't think uh, you know i i don't think anyone could ever be a better superman than christopher reeve i mean in my opinion he was superman
1: everyone lives in his shadow for sure and they've been great supermen since but yeah it's, it's a hard act to follow
2: I, you know, and I think there's there's something to be said about that. It's kind of like you know you just said Chris Evans is a perfect Captain America. It's kind of like because he kind of embodies that whole character in, in his, his true persona. You know, hundred um, percent. I kind of I kind of like Brandon Routh as Superman too because right. he uh, he kind of honors the character a lot in his everyday life. And uh, you know, I think that's when you play a, a character like that is something.
1: There's some responsibility
2: involved, right? Absolutely.
0: So, normally here on the first segment, before we get into what we're talking about, which today, it is another return to the news hole. Or no. the news bag, news portal. Oh. I always forget what we, what we
1: settled no, on calling it, i we sorry. No, you know, we, did, we, 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 uh, we came to a tense negotiation that news bag was okay, but when you try to pass it off to news hole, news yeah. portal I'll take, it sounds unwieldy, but whatever it is, at least it doesn't sound disgusting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so before we get on to that, though, I did want to talk about some of the stuff that we've been reading lately. Uh, of course, I've been uh, trudging through another <laughs> kind of rough spot in the DC uh, Rebirth-era challenge. I'm going through the Doom Patrol, which is fine. I think I have one more issue to go, and and, and the characters are all right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat invested now. But, you know, when it comes to Doom Patrol or Cave Carson or uh, even uh, Shade the Change Girl, which, which was probably the one I liked the most... This, like, weird, wacky, psychedelic, random stuff in, like, the art style that doesn't really explain itself. It's just weird for the sake of being weird. I just have so much trouble getting through those.
1: Now, when I told you yesterday, I, I made it known to you that the guy writing Doombus Roll is the same guy who did Umbrella Academy is the same guy from My Chemical Romance. Did that change your opinion at all? Um,
0: no. Uh, I, I, I think it's mostly just, like, 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 at its core, the story that's being told is fine. But then, when you just start to add in all the other random things, that's where it gets kind of weird for me. Because even Cave Carson's story, like when it was all said and done, it was fine. I just could have done with all without all the like weird sort of psychedelic stuff.
2: Now, what like think to- about listening to you guys is, I learn something new every day. The guy who writes writing Doom Patrol is in My Chemical Romance. Yes, sir, no, Gerard he, Way. He's, he's he was the frontman. Rum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: Okay. You learn something new every day. Jay, <laughs> okay, do you have any uh, any experience with the Doom Patrol, or is that a, a blank slate for you? Uh,
2: I do. I I, 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 Well, first of all, I watched the show and right. love the show. I think that's amazing.
0: I didn't mind the show either yeah it was
2: pretty good i just went and picked up uh i found in the uh, in the old uh silver age bin i picked up the uh, it's called the greatest adventure my greatest adventure yeah yeah, yeah. my greatest adventure number 82 it's got oh. a great cover it's got a uh, robot man melting on the cover it's pretty cool uh, I, I, think, I do i do like doom patrol yeah
1: i think those silver age doom patrol stories are probably the best because like you like you actually kind of bring it full circle what you're Doom Patrol is a concept that fits perfectly when it's like as goofy as possible so yeah. it both doesn't surprise me that Robbie doesn't like the Doom Patrol um, but also <laughs> just the idea that the Doom Patrol, no, I, I, don't, I don't even say that to be a, a, a disc, I think we all have our own tastes and we're all entitled to it um, but I don't think Doom Patrol with their kind of like uh, eccentric Silver Age trappings is something that necessarily translates to uh, the type of reader that, that Robbie is, which he's, which he's entitled to
0: so what have you been uh, uh, reading recently, Jay?
2: You know, I just uh, I just started reading uh, DC's uh, Death Metal. That's that nice. pretty cool. Yeah, ooh, mm.
0: I've I've been waiting to get Me into too. that. I think it's still quite a bit down our uh, our reading. Oh, list, see, we're, you, we're
1: years away. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you might be years away. I think
1: even you are years away from getting <laughs> to uh, to metal. That's quite a ways in. But you know what? Mm-hmm. What you do with your time is your business.
0: Yeah, and uh, Ben. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jake. Well,
2: I, I was just going to say I, I heard uh, uh, one of you guys just finished reading uh, Miles Morales, the the whole Miles both Morales. Did. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, you read the whole Miles Morales. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I got caught in. up, so mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so I, I'm caught up. I think on uh, on issue 13.
2: Awesome, awesome. That's what I love about comics is oh, you can't possibly read everything, so yep. you can always go back and <laughs> and uh, and and enjoy some of the uh, past issues. Like, yeah. wow.
0: So uh Ben, you're uh, uh getting into
1: Trinity now. I uh, wrapped the first arc of Trinity. I'm you actually did. Passed. So what yeah. did you think? Loved it. What a what a breath of fresh air. I mean, not that I mean we just said our best and worst of rebirth episode last week, which of course you guys can check out if you haven't listened to it yet. But I would add Trinity to the list of best by far. Um, I think I talked a little bit about it last week, but Francis Manipool, man, he stuck the landing of doing a great first story that gave equal footing to Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. His art, of course, I already knew was phenomenal. Clayman and Emma Lupicino help out on some of the issues and they keep up the, the quality. There's uh, there's cool Poison Ivy stuff, cool Mongol stuff. I, it was perfect. It was It was everything I want out of a book starring those three characters, which I don't think is necessarily the easiest thing to pull off, but this really hit the sweet spot.
0: All right, well, coming up here next in just a minute, guys, we're going to read some of the latest headlines that have been popping up across the world of comics, and that is with our news portal bag hole. Uh.
1: (laughs) Hey, what's up? It's James. And Robbie. Hey, and it's Weird Beard. And we're bringing you a brand new radio show called Checkpoint XP. You don't
0: have to be an expert, even though I am. And we're here to give you everything you need to know about the world of video
1: games. Interviews from the biggest professionals and your everyday gamers, we've got you covered at Checkpoint XP. Whether you're a professional player or somebody who hasn't played in a while, we have something for everybody.
0: Hang out with us at Checkpoint XP every single week on your radio.
1: Find out where we're playing in your hometown at our website, CheckpointXP.com. So if you're looking to have some fun and
0: talk about video games, we got the rundowns for things that matter to you. Checkpoint XP, XP.
1: your home for esports and gaming. Got it that time. Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. For the
0: latest in Overwatch League action, check out the Owl's Nest with me, Robbie Landis, and my co-host, Jake Lyon. For new episodes every Friday at CheckpointXP.com or download from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone, and thank you for downloading The Other Identity. If you haven't already, suggest to a friend that they check us out. Send a link right to them and then quiz them on whether or not they listen to at least the first five minutes of it.
1: And then let that of decide course. whether your friendship continues.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> of course, uh, we do have a guest here with us today. We have Jay, a.k.a. Budman, uh, joining us, who has been listening to our podcast for a while now. I love to hear that, and we're so thankful oh, that you able to give us some of your time
2: today. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's cool.
0: All right, so some of these headlines here uh, are pretty interesting. Some of them uh, are pretty (sighs) face-palm-worthy as well. We're going to start with what I'm most excited for, but we will probably never see come to fruition. Marvel now has the rights for Alien
1: vs. Predator. Whoa. (laughs) This is pretty exciting news. Um, Uh I mean, obviously, Marvel has been collecting licenses over the past couple years, big Things that have been done in the past by other companies. It started with Star Wars. It continued on with Conan, and now they've got Alien and Predator. Uh, also, when I uh, just a little side bit of news, Robbie and Jay. Uh, when I looked at the story where they uh, they revealed the teaser art for the announcement, it was done by David Finch, who is noteworthy as he's been doing Batman for the past few years. But before that, he was a huge artist at Marvel doing ultimatum new avengers uh, ultimate x-men so that was kind of a quiet little homecoming of sorts like he went over to dc and i think this this might signal maybe he's headed back to marvel but as far as alien predator i i love this because i love seeing marvel put top tier talent on books like Star Wars and Conan, and I'm excited for them to do the same with Alien Predator. And by the way, they can say all they want that these characters are not going to interact with the Marvel Universe, and I get that.
0: Oh, screw that!
1: I get. That, I want a crossover. I get yeah. that. I get that Star Wars is its own thing, but look at what—sure, I get the that. The minute they got Conan, he's on an Avengers team. This is not going to stay separated for that long. I uh-huh. have full confidence we will see Avengers, Aliens, Predator at some point, and I am all for it.
0: All right, so really quick, uh, if you could pitch an Alien vs. Predator Marvel story, what would it be? For me, I want to see Alien and Carnage versus Predator and Venom.
1: Um, if I'm going to pitch a quick one, it's going to be Punisher. Punisher gets uh, trapped Ooh. on the alien planet, and basically it's a three-way showdown between <laughs> Frank Castle and the Punisher, while aliens are also trying to wipe them out.
2: All right, all right, Jay. That, why not throw in some vampires? Have a blade pop Hey, why in not? That'd be kind of nice. cool, right?
1: Blade nice. makes everything better. <laughs>
0: Love it. All right. Uh, DC has also said, or, or at least there have been some rumors, that a Zatanna film is in the works. Is this something that you guys are excited about, or more like cautiously? Oh, I don't know, DC. You ruin almost everything you touch.
1: <laughs> I need to. I need to know more. Um, it's it's too soon to judge if we're going just by characters Zatanna's is a great character but like you said dc does not have a spotless track record when it comes to adapting mm-hmm. their characters this could be if we get more of a wonder woman then that would be awesome if we get more of a you know suicide squad i, I am not here for it <laughs> so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna take a, a a cautious wait and see uh tell me who's playing zatanna tell me who's directing tell me who's writing then i will pass judgment
2: yeah, I don't know, man. They they can't even seem to get their their core heroes uh, to work on film. So uh, I'm not too optimistic about a Zantana movie. But
1: I will say this though, Jay, that I think they actually do better with the more off with
0: lesser known. Yeah,
1: with the more off-beat yeah. characters. I mean, look at like Aquaman. Obviously, is a cultural icon in some ways, but doesn't have the track record. Or Shazam doesn't have the track record of a Superman or Batman. It feels True. like when they're when they're removed from that crushing pressure of this is one of the most well-known superheroes in the world it almost uh, it almost helps out but again then I I point to Suicide Squad to show that that doesn't isn't always the case
0: (laughs) Uh, I had somebody uh, uh, somewhere on Twitter, I forget who it is, so whoever you are out there, I'm sorry, I would uh, uh, attribute this to you, but I don't remember your name, uh, pointing out that they would love to see a movie that involved both uh, Keanu Reeves and Matt Ryan Ooh. as Constantine, yeah. and bringing both of them in as like, you know, maybe Zatanna Smell cracks the multiverse, mm-hmm. and she has to deal with Ooh. two Constantines vying for her attention, yeah, I'd uh, I'd go for that movie right there. Yeah, I'm down for anything uh,
2: multiverse, that's great. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking, speaking of, of which, which yeah. something else we've heard rumors of is that DC wants to reboot the Justice League movie franchise with a Rebirth film.
1: So when wow. we first talked about this, I was very against it because I was like, just get your freaking house in order, DC. But the more i thought <laughs> about it, the types of stories I like from DC, whether it's any big crisis story or even the crisis version they did in the Arrowverse, I like when they mess around and kind of wink to their continuity. So I've decided if this can be done right, again, just like with Zatanna, if the right talent is involved and they want to bring over some elements of what has worked, uh, Jason Momoa, Gail Godot, uh, even Henry Cavill, if they want to keep those but do some sort of rebirth film that plays with the idea of DC continuity is very fluid. I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm not going to write it off entirely. Um, if it's if it's Zack Snyder doing another movie, then no, no, I don't want it. <laughs> but if they get the right people involved, I do. I don't think this is the. I don't think that, that we should like automatically say this is a terrible idea.
0: Well, uh, see, I think the issue is. If, if the plan was, look, we realize that up till now, you know, we've kind of been a little bit too loose with it. You know, it hasn't been what fans, you know, expected out of us. So we're going to try and start over We're going to do a soft reset. You know, you, you can use the Flashpoint movie to sort of launch into whatever that, that Rebirth universe looks like. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they they can't even do that because we're also – we've also been told that the new uh, Robert Pattinson uh, Batman movie yes. is going to officially be in its own separate universe. The Dark Universe, mm-hmm. it's called.
1: I mean, it just—it just seems like a total lack of leadership and vision. Mm. Uh, If you had a a a visionary type person, uh, a Kevin Feige type, saying like, "Hey, we're going to do this soft reboot, we're going to do rebirth, and this is the plan," then I'd feel more confident. But when you have one corner saying rebirth, one corner saying Snyder cut, one corner saying dark universe. We'll oh, we'll get to the Snyder cut. Oh my God. Yeah, it just it, there's there's no there's no cohesion, and uh, if there's no cohesion, then I, I yeah
2: i But what better way to tie in everything than than to just write it off as it's, it's a multiverse? Yeah. You know when when uh, when yeah. when they did Crisis on Infinite Earth on the CW, and they they had the, the the movie Flash meet the TV Flash. I thought that was the well, see, coolest thing ever
1: here's the thing jay if i thought they had a plan that that's what it's eventually going to be like hey we're going to put batman over in this universe but the reason is because we're building to a crisis level story much in the same way i have a lot of faith in the guys who do arrow and the flash and the cw shows and they seem to know what they were doing i think this is just a case of people being like well this works and this works and this works and we're not going to worry about how they're going to come together in the end well i
0: I think- to Jay's point, though, if you looked at the way that they handled uh, the majority of their animated universe, too, obviously there was uh, uh, you know some continuity and some uh, a universe there as well. But for the most part, I think when people go to watch the animated movies, they kind of accept the fact that this is just in its own sort of little bubble. There's nothing that comes before. There's nothing that comes after. They just treat it as a one adventure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that helps a lot of people uh, you know get into the animated universe.
2: I think with DC the plan is to not have a plan. I kind of absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, just throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. You know, Yep. yep.
0: yep. Speaking of throwing things at the <laughs> wall and seeing what sticks, despite the movie not even being out yet, HBO has ordered a Batman spinoff from the Robert Pattinson one, uh, Gotham PD, which we just we just got done with Gotham. Gotham, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, we just had that.
1: If they use the Greg Rucka and Brubaker. Uh, Gotham the Central series, which came out in the early two thousands, and was honestly one of one of the just best comics of the era because it was so different. And it was it was a police procedural. If they use that as a base, and I've read no reports that that is the plan. This is me telling DC: here's what you should do: use that comic as a base because Gotham was its own whole separate thing. But if you use Gotham Central and just retitle it Gotham PD, I'm there for it. Um, it's 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 a good it's a good diagram of how to do the series. I think there's a place for a for a uh, HBO series about the police operating in Gotham. I just want them to use some good source material. Uh,
0: and some good news: there is a rumor that Marvel uh, wants to reboot the Punisher, but still use John Bernthal.
1: No, I would I would be down for that. Yeah, I yeah I, again I I think that. We've talked about this before, Robbie, when we've talked about the idea that if they use Daredevil in the cinematic universe, we want it to be Charlie Cox. There's no reason. I know that there's some will, and we'll never fully know the story between like what happened with the Netflix shows and why everything blew up. But as far as there are elements of that Netflix universe, whether it's uh, Charlie Cox, John Bernthal, Vincent D'Onofrio, Kristen Ritter, um, there's no reason not to bring that over. It's already set mm-hmm. in the cinematic universe. So by all the means. Only,
0: the only worry that I have is because they talk about the idea of rebooting it mm. and not wanting to use the the Netflix stuff as canon. Right. They're obviously not going to tell the same story. And so my fear is, is that they might try to go in a different direction and not capture that same level of humanity Uh, that they were actually able to, for once, capture in the
1: Punisher. I mean, they've tried Punisher so many times, and it's gone wrong so many times. that You would think that, given that the Bernthal show was pretty beloved, um, you would try to keep as much of that as possible, but who knows?
0: Keanu Reeves is launching his own comic book series uh, through Boom Studios, uh, which is where our friend Arun uh, uh, works. Uh, Boom Studios is proud to announce Berserker, a 12-issue limited series from the iconic Keanu Reeves. Uh, And uh, the the story is it's a brutally violent new series about one immortal warrior's fight throughout the ages and that will debut uh sometime october 2020 is there anything that keanu reeves isn't doing this year
1: <laughs> yeah i like anything with keanu reeves though
0: uh, yeah i too i'm I, i'm already in
1: for sure if keanu reeves can pull off a bill and ted sequel in 2020 then i'm not going to <laughs> i'm not going to doubt him on any front if he wants to if he wants to make a comic then hey man come on in the water's great
0: all right, so the final headline that we have here is that uh, the Snyder Cut is not going to be considered canon to the DC universe.
1: Does it not just feel like Zack Snyder is why is kind it of, do it? Why number one? Why do it? We're there, but is Zack Snyder not just stacking the deck so when this inevitably does fail, he has every excuse in the book to be able to say like, "Well, they still didn't do it my way." You know, they didn't consider. Oh, I it don't can-
0: know. Because he also said that he would rather blow the whole fucking thing up Mm -hmm. than use even a single frame shot by Joss Whedon. So if the Snyder Cut ends up not going over as well as people think that it should or that it will. It's all him. I don't think he's going to have any. He doesn't have a leg to stand on. I really hope he doesn't use any of Whedon's footage now Me because too. when it ends up because I'm actually curious to see yeah. the, the, the parts of the script that I actually thought oh man that could have worked like the idea behind that was actually brilliant if those aren't in this movie now oh I'm gonna have a field day with it
2: Yeah. Uh, well I, you know I might be the, the lone uh, wolf in the room on this one but I'm, I'm pretty excited about the Snyder cut
1: oh,
2: I, I do <laughs> listen I know you guys were upset when he announced Nick yeah. Grayson was the one the Robin that died but uh, the the Justice League that we got was an abomination in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what, like there there are guys in their home PCs that could do a better job at taking away Henry Cavill's mustache than they did in that movie. I was like, and I'd like to a- and I'd
1: like to sem- see them get a crack before uh, before Zack Snyder takes another oh. shot at it.
0: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I will agree with you guys. I think he missed the boat on the whole uh, Dick Grayson is the Robin that died. They should have made that Jason Todd and explained away that terrible Joker we got in Suicide Squad, as that's Jason Todd and not the actual Joker. Ooh, that's
1: a cool idea. So, so,
2: look, uh, if in, somehow the Snyder
0: Cut comes out and and it's amazing, like, I'm not going to be hurt because then we just have more great content, right? But uh, I am definitely erring on the side of being cautiously optimistic here but that's it for all of the headlines that we have uh coming up next we're going to talk a little bit about comic-con uh the whole stay at home uh online only comic-con that we got this year and how it compares to uh comic-cons of the past it's coming up next
2: and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen
0: oh we have an unprecedented outbreak
2: thousands of us walking the earth
1: we might die at any moment because we're under attack in which case we must act fast doctors
2: are trying their best
0: working long hours and
2: always sacrificing their health to protect you well I'd very much like to thank them
0: thanks doctor
2: thank you doctor thank you doctor
0: thank you doctor wait a minute what's the prognosis it's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do?
1: We got to get everybody else back into the houses. We got to keep them there.
2: In other words, this is our lockdown, right? What that means is stay in your homes, make no attempt to reach loved ones and take a long nap.
1: You count me out. You can count me out too. Some people are immune to good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those idiots. <laughs> I just need to make sure you fully understand let's
0: recap i'm begging you stay inside wash your hands and make sure you you've got 10 feet of personal space around you stay away from me,
2: stay awake me. Uh, uh, uh. i didn't hear you wash your hands so think on this lads when you're home watching tv
1: think about the medical stuff working for you so i'm asking you stay home
0: I'm in isolation
1: just stop the virus all right i'll do it hallelujah hallelujah you stay
2: classy
0: Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasics, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Again, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for today's other identity, uh, it's Comic Con month, Mm -hmm. and I feel like we should be way more hyped Mm. than what uh, than what I actually am. Um, Now, obviously, because of the whole you know COVID nineteen situation, Comic Con couldn't happen. So, uh, like a lot of conventions, they've done the Comic Con at home, Comic Con online, which has been free to everyone to be able to view. Um, But I have to say, as a result, uh, there has been a very very distinct lack. Of of big announcements uh, over this month?
1: I think a lot of that, Robbie, just observing kind of the trends, is that if you look at Comic Con over the past 20 years, and I went to my first, and we're talking San Diego Comic Con International, obviously, but I went to my first Comic Con. Obviously. Obviously. Um, We went to, I went to my first Comic Con in 2004, um, and it was already at that point becoming very much a showcase for movies and TV, with comics being kind of pushed to the, back burner and sure. the evolution over the last 15 years was more and more of that if you were a tv show or a movie or any sort of big media uh, thing, you had to debut at comic-con it basically became a place for hollywood to show their wares and there was still a great artist alley where you could get comic book stuff there were still plenty of comic book panels but comic books did become kind of an afterthought and what i observed with comic-con at home is I don't think necessarily the big movie and TV studios felt like they needed to be a part of Comic-Con at home. Mm -hmm. And what it ended up being was kind of a throwback to very, very comics heavy. But the result of that makes it seem like there was no big announcements this year because there was no big movie and TV stuff. I think there was a lot of comic book stuff, but I think that's not in 2020 that's not what people are expecting ironically from something called Comic-Con. <laughs> so it seems like it was a slow event but I actually I was actually very happy with it.
0: Jay, have you uh, had a chance to uh, attend any of the Comic-Cons?
2: Yeah, oh, I've I take my daughter to Comic-Con uh, every year. Um, oh, nice. I'm,
0: I'm the and, only one who hasn't been to an official Comic-Con.
1: That's okay, we still like you.
2: <laughs> I love Comic-Con. I'm, I'm, I have to say I've, I've, I didn't see any of the uh, the panels that they did. I know they They put some on YouTube and stuff, but from what I read, um, the fact that they were closed out comments and stuff like that, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no fan interaction. I'm like, that's what it's all about. So I thought that was kind of weird.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I get it. You know, even all the movies, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Black Widow, I think has, has been uh, delayed or maybe pushed back again indefinitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if, if that's what I had read for sure yet or not. So I get that it doesn't make sense necessarily on the same timeline to announce sort of upcoming stuff, right? But obviously, eventually, you are going to announce those things. And I think that Marvel missed an opportunity here because people are starving. For more content right now. And I think that you don't lose anything by announcing whatever it was you were going to announce online instead. Because it's not like you're going to wait till next Comic-Con mm-hmm. to start announcing that stuff, right? Because a bunch of the Disney Plus series are going to have came out. Uh, Black Widow will have came out. We may even have seen, I think, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Eternals, Eternals next. Yeah, yeah, Eternals. Yeah, so I think that you're just going to end up probably announcing those i mean maybe at the d23 expo i'm not sure if that if that's going to end up happening or if that's before when the next comic-con would be but i think that we, the, the, that whatever announcements that they're going to make they'd probably end up making online somewhere in the future anyway so you know just give people a little taste of what it is that we're craving wait right now let us know what's coming up i'm actually
1: interested to see how they do um new york comic-con which i believe is in october because that's obviously ah, it's not ah, it's okay. not it's not as big as San Diego, but it is, to my knowledge, the mm-hmm. second largest Comic Con. Yep. Um, and obviously, New York has traditionally been the more comic-centric show because not as many Hollywood properties go there. I'm interested to see it because I do strongly feel that New York Comic Con will not take place as a live event. I do think it will be another virtual event. I'm interested to see one. The lessons they learn, as far as the stuff Jay was saying, is like comments and fan interaction. If they if they learn from the mistakes of Comic Con, because I mean, let's 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 be fair. Uh, the San Diego folks had to pull this together pretty rapidly. I'm wondering if, with a little bit more time to prepare, does New York Comic Con do a better job? But also, do some of the movie and TV people who took Comic-Con off, start scrambling and saying, you know what, we gotta get our stuff out there the same as you were just saying, Robbie. And do we see more movie and TV announcements at New York Comic-Con?
0: Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so. Uh if that is the case, I will be keeping more of an eye on uh New York Comic-Con than I did on San Diego Comic-Con. But guys, that's gonna be all that we have today for the other identity. Jay, I'd like to thank you once again for joining us here. Uh, You are
2: welcome back anytime. Awesome. I appreciate that, guys. I would love to come back. I had a great time.
0: All right. Otherwise, guys, that's going to be it for us. Make sure that you tune in next week. Same Other Identity time, same Other Identity channel.